Hey guys, it's Liat. Have you guys not had enough of us? I'm sure you haven't. So if you're studying for your test or driving around and wanting to understand ABA in a real relatable way, you should check out Bitches Talk the Task List, our newest product on our website where Casey and I go through every single item on the fourth edition task list. So don't miss out. Go check us out on www.studynotesaba.com. Study Notes ABA. ABA in a little X-rated way. It's behavior, bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat. And Casey. And we are here with episode 66. Casey, what do you have for us today? It's just getting harder and harder because now we're repeating numbers and I think we've done it before, but who really gives a shit? So episode 66, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Remember that commercial when you were a kid? Yeah, totally, Casey. No, I do remember it. And that's a little more creative and I wish we could, and I, you're getting better, but I wish we could say you made it up, but um, our producer, Alan, made it up really. So <laughs> we got to give credit where credit's due. So before we get started for today, I think it's important that we pair ourselves or pump ourselves up. I'm tired today with some reinforcement. So Casey, what's our review of the day? Well, if you're tired, you're going to be tired no more after this amazing review that I just found on Apple podcast. Um, from CVA 2011. Uh, the title is the best podcast ever. Y'all are the bomb. I never cared for Mondays before, but now I actually look forward to them. I have so much fun listening to you on my way to work in between patients. I love guessing the behavior concepts you're about to mention. I love your inside jokes and I love the way you help me learn. The best part is that you really are raw, real, and relatable. Nothing better than pure honesty in y'all being yourselves. Love when Liat pretends to be a robot and imitates Eliron. Casey is hilarious and so smart. Keep it up, ladies. There's really no better, no one better at this than y'all. I can't wait to join the collective and study with you. Hope to one day, one day find the Liat to my Casey. Y'all are legit goals. Love you. Mean it. Mwah, kiss face. That was very oh my sweet. God. I'm wide awake. I'm ready. I'm ready to go for a run now. I am not tired at all. <laughs> I'm ready, Thank ready, you. ready. Well, we appreciate that review and all reviews that you guys give us. We love that. Um, our goal is to get to 1,000. We're at 739. So let's do it, baby. All Keep right. Keep it coming. Leave us a five-star review, please. I have no shame in my game in asking for it. Leave a five-star and write something nice, and we'll read it, and we'll be so happy on going and continue doing this every single week. All right. Today's guest, I am, well, we have two guests, actually. And is this the first time having two guests on at once? I think so. I think so. Well, no, no, no. We've had um, your dad with someone twice, right? Or once. Okay, but it's my dad. You know, it's I like was going to say, he's not a VCPA. So this is like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ivan. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so we have two guests today. And I think they might actually be the Casey to the Liat of each other, because you have probably seen them a lot on Instagram together, sitting in the exact position. They're sitting close to each other right now as we look on the screen. We'll have to take a screenshot of this. Hold on, I'm doing now. Got it. I so wish I that like Liat and I could be in the same room like that. Like I'm really feeling like jelly right now. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Who are they? All right, today's guests we have two, which is really exciting. And I think these guests are kind of the Casey to the Liat of each other. You've probably seen them on Instagram a lot, sitting in the exact position I'm seeing them sit in right now. I'll post a picture so you guys have proof of how they sit. And you'll see that this is consistent, generalizing across settings, Instagram, podcast, whatever it is. But today's guest, I actually got in touch with one of them. Her name is Shira. If you guys remember, I... Oh my God, they're reinforcing my behavior on the <laughs> screen here. If you guys remember, uh, we had Toby Carpell on an episode a while ago. We did Oops, I Clicked It Again. And Toby was my supervisor when I was trying to collect my hours and had all my health issues. So she offered me remote supervision. And I 
asked her, can I pay you? She was like, absolutely not. Do something later and pay it forward. And that's actually when I started teaching study notes ABA. I, I, I mean, I didn't realize it was going to be what it is. But I started teaching the classes for free. And I was like, this is my way of paying it forward. And then Toby introduced me to Shira. And Shira worked with Shayna, who we're going to get to today. And these BCBAs have created something really, really cool. And I'm, I'm not going to give it all away. I'm going to let Casey do her thing and do a little bit of an introduction. But I also think we're going to allow these guests some time to talk about themselves a bit. Casey, go for it, girl. So first off, let's just talk about the two of these women. They're fabulous. And they've helped the field so much. Um, so Shayna and Shira, the two of them, they're the founders of How To ABA. Um, if you haven't checked out that website, you're missing out big time if you're a new BCBA. Or their Instagram. Or their Instagram. Yes. How if you have ABA. just become a BCBA or an, you're an RBT and you're like, ah, I'm in charge now. What do I do? Well, they've got so many resources to help you out. Um, they both have a ton of experience. They're both BCBAs. Um, they've worked together. Yeah, I do think that they're probably the Casey to their Liat or their Liat to their Casey, um, which I can just see looking at them right now. Um, so yeah, I'm so excited to have you guys. Um, welcome to the show, Shira and Shayna. Hi guys, thanks for having us. Um, I do have to thank Toby for making that introduction about a year ago and she first played the intro to your podcast and she was like, you have to check these guys out. Um, so got to give her some credit. So thanks. Um, yeah, no, we're so happy to be here. And how to ABA kind of came out of like our relationship together. Shana and I met 10 years ago, something like that. 10 years ago, I had just moved back to Toronto. And um, I had been a teacher and I'd been in education. And I was like, I like the teaching part, but I don't want to be in school. Um, and I somehow like fell into touch with Shana. And I found this field of ABA and it was like, this is amazing. This is the solution to like all of education's problems. I don't want to be a teacher. I want to do ABA. Um, and I kind of met Shana and she actually became my supervisor and started training me. And then we just started working together for so many years and it just kind of evolved into that. I've had my BCBA since 2005, if you can believe it. Um, what? You're vintage. No, sign vintage. Yeah, I like that. A word. fine wine. A fine wine in our field. I mean, that is that's an OG. Okay, I'm impressed. Was Keep it on paper? It was on paper. I actually had to take the exam with a paper and a pencil, and they shoved it through that old computer. Yeah. Oh yeah. On oh, the spot. And I no, not on the spot. It's we still had to wait three months. Um, and I took my BCABA before that, so that was even more retro. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a while ago. Uh, throwback Thursday. Anyway, I have a review of the day for you guys as well. Um, a little bit of positive reinforcement for you, but it really is only positive reinforcement if you guys increase the likelihood or increase the future likelihood of you guys giving these podcasts in the future. That's very um, true. I have what to say that. I absolutely love the way you guys put the task list into real life examples, you know, and that's what I've been doing for so many years is, you know, when we talk these big terms to people, whether it be parents, whether it be to other people in our field, nobody gets it, right? You guys have a way of just putting things into natural wording, which is amazing. Um, I think I've been listened to your happiness podcast a few episodes ago, two or three times now. I love it. I love the fact, you know, Liat, when you said like, you know, you put all your crap, your shit um, into a pile, like, and you think it's so bad, but then you actually will take yours out, yours back. Like, I think that's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, I really love the fact that it's like, yeah, you know, on a certain day, I mean, we're going to talk about COVID stuff and on a, on a certain day, you know, you can have so much anxiety or you can have so much um, fear avoidant behavior of, you know, what's going to be happening that day, whether it's COVID stuff or whether it's work related, etc. And then you say, you know what, I'm going to get through this, it's going to be okay. Um, or my stuff isn't as bad as someone else's stuff, I can get through this. So I love it. I love thank you for everything you guys. Oh my God. Wow, that is my heart. I actually feel something in my heart. I'm having a private event inside my heart. I swear. <laughs> I, I but thank you so much. I'm so happy. I mean, when when someone like you who has been a BCBA since 
it was on paper, the test. <laughs> That's something about us, these annoying millennials doing this, that really means a lot. So thank you so much. Um, I am just so excited to have you guys here and what you guys offer. And I, I wanna talk more about how to ABA. Um, well, actually, let's do it now. I, I kind of, I really want people to know exactly what they could get from how to ABA. I know, I mean, the CEUs is amazing. There's a membership. And here at Study Notes and Behavior Riches, we're really into helping out new BCBAs who are getting started. And I mean, I, I think there's a huge gap between taking the test and then being a BCBA, like no one trains you for that. So can you tell us exactly what you offer on how to ABA? Yeah, totally. So I um, had excellent supervision because I had Shana, obviously, but I still felt lost and I still, you know, was going to Shana every other minute. And this is for 10 years, right? Like, and I continue to ask Shana questions and I continue to like bounce ideas off of her. And um, I felt like any other BCBA must feel so lost in this field without having what I have, without having the relationship that we have with each other. And also over the years, like Shana and I kind of developed to this, what we call a drive, which is a shared drive, shared documents of like every single program and, and resource and anything that you could ever need and ever imagine. And after so many years of doing that, and I have to say like, um, one of Shana's huge strengths is program writing and the programs that she's created that we use on How to ABA, um, like are just like amazing. Like you have to check them out. Um, but I was just like, this is so good. Like people have to see this and I want to be able to share it with people so that people don't need to like reinvent the wheel every time. And it's not a secret. And so many BCBAs are so secretive about like their programs and their curriculum and they don't want to share things. They don't want to support each other. And we're not known to be a very friendly feel to each other. Like, I don't know if you guys know that, but like some BCBAs can be. Oh, we know about BCBA holes. Don't <laughs> worry. We know all about it. Yeah. So we really wanted to like break that and create a community where we can help each other and support each other and feel like we're all in this together. And if more of our clients can benefit from us all sharing our resources, then like we're all into that. So we basically created um, the blog, which is an ongoing resource for people just like looking for information, but also a membership community where you can join the community and really have access to, to us and our 10 years of experience. Well, Shana's, I don't know, how many years is it Don't now? say it. <laughs> Um, our combined 20 years of experience or whatever you want to call it and um, just be able to go in and get what you need and even if you don't use that be able to see like how we're what we're doing and how we're using materials and what's working for us um, so we have those like downloads that you can get to we also have like a place to ask questions and just get information from other BCBAs and we do monthly Q&As, which we're actually going to do later today for our membership community and monthly CEUs that you can either come live and join the conversation and we'll talk to each other and ask questions. We sometimes have guests who join and present as well. And they're also recorded. So even if you can't, like you could go in and download even the MP4 or listen to it in your car and get the CEU because I know that that's a huge reinforcer for a lot of people in the field. Um, and our goal is really to support fellow BCBAs, newly minted BCBAs, and just like everyone in the ABA community who's really looking to help their clients. So I'm actually looking on the site right now. I mean, I've been on the, you know, a member as well. But when I look over here, I mean, the, the videos that are here, even just talking about, you know, we learn about these different things that we teach for the test about different preference assessments. But then I, I like that you guys get into actually using it clinically. Like, what does this look like in a clinic? What, what am I going to do with a single stimulus, paired stimulus, or multiple stimulus preference assessment? And you guys have it all, all on here so beautifully in these videos you made. And oh my God, this one preference assessment video is hilarious. Shira, your face is like stuck so funny on the... Thumbnail. Oh <laughs> um, um, I love how we get on there and sometimes the video has us with our eyes closed, our mouth open. It's amazing how you do the yeah. screen like that. No, I know it happens to us too all the time. So this is amazing. So can you give one example of something that someone could find on the site? Like they're looking for something, they have a new client who is aggressive. They're trying to figure out what to do or a client who has, um, you know, who scripts a lot and says the same line from a movie, like what, what is available on the website for people who have these specific um, behaviors or 
whatever it is. For, for sure. So like you said, we're very practical with our approach. So it's not about, you know, looking at your textbook and saying, okay, so there's this ABA technology or this ABA approach called an antecedent intervention, and I'm going to make a few up and throw it down on a piece of paper. What we actually give you is we give you templates to here's what we use as a behavioral treatment protocol. Here's what can be effective. Here's, um, you know, from the research, here's what you can do for escape-related behavior. From the research, here's what we can do as an antecedent intervention to attention-related behavior. Um, our website has, um, our, our membership is broken down into different categories. So you've got um, your language category. So anything related to functional communication training, but not only functional communication training, but manding. So you're teaching a beginner learner manding or an intermediate learner manding or an advanced learner, uh, you know, receptive expressive labels, uh, prepositions, all of that kind of stuff. There's programs written for all of that, um, as well as the behavior stuff. So they can click on behavior and, you know, get a whole bunch of different templates, get ideas for treatment procedures, um, and that type of thing. And it's all stuff that we've used. So it's all stuff like we had a client who was struggling with this, and we wrote this plan, we like literally take out their name and put it on. So it's stuff that like works for us that we've used. And um, over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Replication, guys. Repeatability. We love that. We need a little bit more like backgrounds information. That's where like the video trainings come in, like the CEUs, because you can go and watch one more video trainings on like how to write a behavior plan or how to do a functional assessment. Um, We really try to walk people through step by step of like what you need to be a behavior analyst. I remember when I first passed the test, February 2019, and I immediately was thrown into a clinical director position at a clinic. And I had worked there for a while, but just as a RBT, and I had no training, no one to train me. Um, and I just remember sitting in my office with How to ABA website open, like looking at everything you had, crying, bawling my eyes out literally every single day. Cause I was just like, I'm so alone. I'm the only BCBA, I'm the clinical director. I have no idea what I'm doing, but you guys like, I remember being like, they've got me, they've got me. I can go on this website. And it was like, I remember like the only like glimmer of hope that I had during that six month time period of my life where I'm like, so thank you guys for like, honestly, that was like, oh my God, that's so nice to hear. (laughs) Sometimes I still feel like that. (laughs) Like reach out and feel overwhelmed and like it's real and and we all feel like that and that's okay and and that's what that's really what we're here for it's that imposter syndrome you know even me you know vintage me you know you walk in somewhere <laughs> and someone says, you know do this i'm like well with what magic wand i don't have a magic wand to be able to just do that you know where where do we go and that's why i have shira and that's why we have each other as well so i love thank you casey that was really nice i love that All right, but that is a great resource. I recommend you go check it out. You could get your CEUs through them too, included in this membership. If you're a new BCBA or any BCBA, I really recommend you check out How to ABA. All right, so for today's topic, we are talking about something that I think a lot of people can relate to, and I'm sure people are going to listen to this episode, even if they're not in the field of ABA, they might be a desperate parent under the table, drinking vodka, trying to lock themselves in the bathroom to get some privacy. And the topic today is parenting during a pandemic. I'm not a parent. Well, I mean, I am to Pavlov and Cooper, you know, (laughs) but And it's been hard, let me tell you, during this COVID time. I mean, they are really struggling with socialization. But I could only imagine when you actually have a human, what it is like during this time. Any of my friends who are moms, any moms I've spoken to are literally like, okay, at this point, I don't know if I'm more scared of COVID or like me having my, me being around my kid for this long. I might, they might die quicker from me being around them. So right now, a lot of parents are freaking out. They're also trying to do homeschool or online school, which is, I think, impossible if you have a, especially different ages of your child's not a dependent. So, and getting attention through a screen is very difficult. So we're going to talk about parenting. But before we get into it, the robot's back. Today, we are going to cover the following behavioral principles. 
All right, and there probably will be much more, but we got to put these in anyways. We have reinforcement, hashtag duh, discrimination training, task analysis and visuals, pairing, modeling and imitation training, antecedent interventions. I imagine we are going to talk a lot about that because that is huge. Pre-MAC principle, rule-governed behavior, contingency-shaped behavior, I am literally like a 13-year-old boy whose balls are dropping. My voice is like <laughs> cutting in and out. I don't know what to do, but we'll go with it. So let's get into this topic today. Before we get into it, I just want to say March. I'm looking at our podcast. I just cannot effing believe that we are still talking COVID. Our our episode of our PSA to the current situation of COVID right when it hit in March. And we're in September and we're doing another podcast on what the hell to do during COVID. So that was just a little mind blowing to me. But have again, yes. Good. Have you seen those memes out there that say, oh my goodness, March break might finally be over. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that one yet. We're going back to school. Finally, March break is over. Oh I God, mean, the no, longest. No one, because I mean, now we're starting the school year. It's the start of a new school year. I think no one planned on it, it continuing this long. It's crazy. So, so I'm are excited. You, are you both parents? Yeah. Yeah, I have three kids. Um, they are 14, 12, and 9. Your oldest is 14 already. Sure. You How? look like you're 14. How the F do you have a 14-year-old? I, I wish. You know what? When they were like when they were like two, four, and six, and I was like 25, people, I was really maybe I was 28, and people were like, oh my God, I don't get that as much anymore. I think now I'm like starting to grow into my kids. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so my oldest just started high school. He's 14. And then my other two are in grades eight and five. And I have a daughter. She's eight uh, and going into grade four. And let's hope she stays in grade four and doesn't have to come back out of school to do some online learning. Ugh. Are they all in school now, like in person or are you guys, are they, are some of them home? My daughter's going back next Thursday. And mine just started. So yeah, they're on day three. In person. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they have to wear masks and stuff all day. Oh yeah. All day, all day. They have to wear masks. They have plexiglass around their desk and they're told where to play in the playground, which to me is like, you're ruining their childhood. It's so sad. Um, but it is what it is. My nephew starts, um, he is 10, just turned 10. Um, he is going into fourth grade as well. And, um, he is, just virtual. He struggles a lot. He um, has an IEP, um, just a lot of, um, you know, non-compliance. And my sister doesn't do a great job of it because she just doesn't have the skill set, which is, I think a lot of like, you know, some parents might not have that skill set. She's not a teacher. She's not, you know, whatever. So she's struggling. So anyways, the point of the story, I'm taking him two days a week here for homeschooling, um, which again, I'm not a teacher either, but his school has set it up very well so that he'll be in meetings virtually from like 8am until two with some breaks built in. Um, but, but you can learn some stuff today, Casey, you're going to learn. I'm like, how do you I set up this environment? <laughs> I am a teacher. Like I actually taught as a teacher and I'm a DCBA and when my kids were home and they were in school and I was working because I was working from home, I had zero patience to be their teacher. Like I, my husband was the one teaching them math and, and like, I love math and I just couldn't, I had no patience and it, I found it so hard. I could do everything else and I loved everything else about it. But like to actually like in the middle of the day, stop and do like fourth grade math. I was, I just couldn't. I set aside a bunch of time in the mornings to teach my child. And you, you, as a parent, it is so difficult to teach your own child, regardless of all the antecedent interventions that you can put in place. Um, it is very, very difficult. And I made the analogy that it's like breaking a wild horse. You know, my daughter engaged in so many escape and avoidant related behaviors. And for me to keep going every day, to continue, no, I'm going to get up, tomorrow's going to another day, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do this. It was so, so difficult. And look, I, I'm supposed to know what I'm doing. Again, it's difficult. And, you know, there were, I'm ashamed to say it, but as a parent, there were a lot of yelling matches, which I don't think is an ABA um, anything, is it? I don't think so. Yell at your kid. I drink a lot more wine than I have in probably 10 years of my life. 
Um, but at the end of the day, you know what, I actually did see her learning. So, you know, Casey, you mentioned, you know, that your nephew's on an IEP. My daughter's not, she's in French immersion, but she's not reading English very well because she was taught in French and I don't know French. So that's a problem. So I did what I could do and I taught her in English and I saw her learning and now she's reading chapter books, which she couldn't do in March. So her learning actually was reinforcing my behavior to keep going. So as hard as it was as a parent to get up and try that every day and you know talk to myself about tomorrow's another day and you know um, hold myself back from opening up the wine at noon um, <laughs> I was able to get through it because I was seeing her learning and that was reinforcing for me and you know we always how much Xanax do you think was dispensed during this pandemic probably as much as vodka I will say that when everything in Canada was closed because no one was allowed to be open, what we have in Canada is you can't sell alcohol at any regular store. It can only be sold at an alcohol store called the LCBO. Everything was closed, but the government allowed the LCBO to remain open. And that was the only place you were allowed to go. So just a little perspective. And what you said, um, Shana, is so true. And we always teach this is that when we're, um, we want the caregivers, the stakeholders, right? We need them to be reinforced, their behavior to be reinforced. And if they're not contacting reinforcement, they're not going to continue to do the interventions or the teaching, right? Because your behavior is just not going to continue if it's not being reinforced. So I love what you said about that. Like you were like, okay, she's starting, you're starting to see something happening, which in turn, you're going to continue doing that behavior. Yeah. And it really did help us understand also where our parents are coming from, because so often as a BCBA, you come in, you're like, well, you know, you need to do this better. And you need to like generalize the skills that I'm teaching and you need to like do this parent training and all that stuff. And now us having to be the ones to do that on the teacher side, like teachers telling us how to teach our kids, it really like gave at least me a perspective onto like, maybe I need to approach what I tell my parents differently because this is not so doable. Like it's not so simple to say like in the middle of everything else you have going on in your job and, and your chores and everything that has to happen, you also expect me to like teach them math and do the project with them. Like, so it is, it is a good perspective to have as we're dealing with parents as to what's realistic for them. Also what I've seen, so, I mean, when this pandemic first started, my sister came here, I mean, crazy. It was so long ago, it seems, but she came here and I have four-year-old nieces, just kidding, they're three. And their school started this, like, they're like, oh, we'll do online meetings in the morning. And like, it was literally 30 minutes, right? You pay your full tuition and you get 30 minutes a day. And I mean, what I found really interesting was like the idea of stimulus control, right? Like these teachers on a screen, if you think about it, they're not able to be involved at all. It's like, okay, do you want to watch your teacher on the screen teaching something? Or do you want to watch the animated show on TV, Dora the Explorer, that's made for you and colorful and exciting? I mean, and so it's a lot of work on the parents trying to get their kids to stay that, stay that, stay there. And it's a stimulus, like, I mean, if you look at matching law, like where's there more reinforcement, right? So, I mean, it's definitely not on the screen watching a teacher when there's much more exciting stuff to watch on screens, right? Like, I mean, when a teacher's in real life and physically there, they're more salient and can get your attention or can be, you know, give prompts and be more physical. But when you're trying to do it for a group of students on the screen, I was like, all right, dude, I know to my sister, I'm like, I know you're annoyed that you paid full tuition for private school this year. Like, I think you might just need to let them not go because I mean, they're three. Yeah. You know? And we talk about competing reinforcers as well, right? So the competing reinforcers for the kids, like watching the screen or watching Dora or watching the screen or playing with their LOL dolls, right? Like there's definitely competing reinforcers and there's also competing reinforcers for us as parents. So, you know, I could be, I, I don't know, doing the piles of work that I have to do, or I could be teaching my daughter who's fighting me every step of the way, you know, which one should I do? Right. So it was really tough for me as well in terms of, OK, no, Shana, you need to focus. And this is your priority right now, not those hundred million emails and you know, phone calls, et cetera, that you're getting during this time. Focus, focus, focus. Yeah. I have to put one behavioral concept in really quickly because we talked about it last night and we talked about things that interrupt stimulus control and they are masking and overshadowing. And masking is when you actually you have the skill in your repertoire or you know the answer, but there's competing stimuli in the environment. So that's masking, right? It's like asking, so like a student teacher asks, okay, what's two plus two? 
And the student, not because they don't know the answer, right? They're in seventh grade. They know what two plus two is. But there's competing stimuli in the environment, right? There's people in the house walking by. Yeah, like anything's more interesting than your screen. And even though these schools are providing eight full hour days, I mean, I think how tired I am after being on Zoom for like a few hours. So there's that. And then we also have overshadowing, which I think is just a good time to put this concept in. Overshadowing when a competing stimulus in the environment is interrupting the learning process. So you should be learning something, but you're not able to learn because there's something else in the environment. Maybe kid has their iPad, uh, uh, anything walks by, their little sibling goes by. I mean, yep. So it's just, I just wanted to add that in. What were you going to say, Shira? Oh, I was going to say that like three is a really hard age and I totally get why a three-year-old really can't be expected to do virtual school. Um, With my kids being older, they really could be more independent. And I think for them, it was learning that independent skill. And I'm a big fan of like antecedent interventions. Like I'm not one for like reinforcing my children with like points or tokens or candy or anything like that. Not that I have anything against it, but like what really works for them was they all had computers that one of my like my youngest daughter's computer didn't even have internet access like she well it had internet but she could only access zoom like she couldn't browse she couldn't use anything there were no games there was really nothing involved on our computer that could be distracting um my other two also like they had to like put away their devices they couldn't be logged into anything else um and they had to be set up in a location that didn't have distractions like they were spread out around the house so that they wouldn't even like you know be in contact with each other um, and the rule in my house was like, there was really no TV or media or anything until after the school day. So that worked as like a first end contingency was first you needed to complete all your work. Um, and then the TV or whatever went on after like 4 PM or whatever. Pre-Mac principle first. Yep. Absolutely. That's a good principle. Like every single day of my life, because first then is like the basics. It's how I get through the day. Like <laughs> literally yeah, just first, 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 then, then, then. I remember when my daughter was like maybe three years old and she was like telling something to her brothers and she was already being like, first, you need to do this and then you can have that. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so I do have to say though, just, you know, in terms of that pre-mac principle, you know, the pre-mac principle also states that doing something preferred after something non-preferred actually increases the value of the non-preferred. And that was true even in my case. So, you know, I started doing learning with my daughter first thing in the morning because I tried it at different times of the day, like, oh, let me work first and then we'll do it later. It never worked because she would get involved in play and then that competing stimulus would take over, right? So instead we did it first thing. So as soon as she woke up in the morning, it was like, boom, you're coming with me and we're doing this. And, you know, after about a month, I mean, it was definitely routine. It was definitely rule governed behavior, um, but it was also a little bit of, hey, I kind of enjoy this mommy time. I don't think she'd ever admit to the fact that she's kind of sort of like teacher mommy school. Um, But it did become routine for her. So she would wake up in the morning and she would say, okay, let me just get this over with, which is a little bit better than I don't want to do this. How about this? And how about this? So definitely that pre-mac principle, that first then, like if you can get them fresh and get them and then say, you know, then you can have all these great things. Let's just get through this. Faster you do it, the faster you get the other stuff for sure. Yeah. I'm a big fan of schedules and structure. Like at all my kids ages, I was always like very strict on like when they went to bed and like what their routine was. And I think even more so now, like whether you're virtual learning or, you know, getting used to new things and a new school day and, and what back in March when we had to get used to a new reality, um, keeping as much structure and routine as possible is really helpful because like, you don't have to over-program our kids day. And I actually really enjoyed that there was so much less structure Um, but like they still had their bedtimes and we still had dinner time together and they still had expectations and routine, you know, first thing in the morning, they had the things that they needed to get done. Um, so keeping up with with as much structure and routine is also key. You know, Sherry, you mentioned something there with the structure and routine. I think we're all struggling with that. You know, COVID hits in March and you mentioned like, oh God, it's September already. Right. But, you know, for all of us, it threw our structure routine right off. You know, some of us are sleeping in more. Some of us are getting out of our healthy eating habits, our healthy drinking habits, our (laughs) healthy exercise routines, because we don't have the routine and we don't have the structure. Um, So those, you know, antecedent strategies, whether they be 
schedules, you know, whether it be written down or whether it just be an internal thing um, is definitely important for everyone, I would argue. I think that also um, expectations, right? If kids don't know what is expected of them or what they can like look forward to, um, and we just assume that they should know this, right? They should just be able to do this or know this. And I look at this a lot with my nephew. Like when I went over to see how my sister was running kind of like his school, I'm like, he doesn't have a, a dedicated environment. He's working at a cluttered table with, um, you know, his gaming system right next to him, um, tons of snacks. Like he doesn't have to earn anything, right? So like that is not right there. I was like, okay, so first things first, we're going to set you up in a desk with just your, like Shira, you're saying you only have your zoom computer to zoom your virtual classroom. And that is it. And also the the clear schedule. And so it's like, Oh, he can look forward to that. Right. Oh, I see that on at 10 35 today, I get to, you know, play five minutes of my game. Right. Okay. That's cool. So like, that's so important. I think that they have like clear expectations. Yeah, especially when so much is like open-ended now, like with our kids not really knowing what's going on in the world. Um, and I think like all these transitions really also made me understand where my kids might be coming from and where some of the kids that we deal with might be coming from in terms of like the anxiety that they experience. Because going into COVID, like I felt so nervous and I felt like, what, how's this going to look and what are we going to do and all these changes? Like, and I don't normally have anxiety and I like, I felt it. And that adjustment was really hard. And I was really able to understand like how our kids struggle with some of these transitions and why, yeah, maybe like it's not a huge transition to go from like, you know, school to home and home to school, but like for them it is. And that's maybe as big of a transition as it was for me. And in the end, like I actually kind of enjoyed the time that we spent during COVID. And now I have another transition and it's just as hard now to go out of COVID and back to school. And I'm like, no, but this is my new reality. And like, how is it going to be now if my kid's back in school? And I'm so used to having them home. And um, yeah, it does help to understand and empathize where people are coming from who struggle with this. And you know what I was thinking, I was kind of, when you were talking about it now, I mean, granted, I don't have kids, but kind of the same things we, you know, we emphasize in the collective of, okay, get some pens that make you excited, right? To work create an area that is, you know, that has stimulus control over you working. Like Casey was saying, like her nephew, like sitting at a random table, it's messy. I mean, for me, even I know if I want to get work done, even as simple as, I mean, back in the old days when I could go to Starbucks before COVID, I knew that I needed like a nice rectangular table to set my stuff up. If I sat at one of those little circle tables, like I'm not going to get stuff done because I'm not going to open my stuff up, you know, like setting those things up. So like, it's like, okay, cool. Um, you know, maybe you have a, like, you love your little work area. Maybe there's posters, maybe there's a visual schedule that you could check off as you go. Um, because otherwise it seems never ending sitting in front of zoom, uh, just things like that of setting up your environment, like, you know, a cup with, I mean, here, obviously, like, I love my work area. Like, I, this is <laughs> nothing. These pens I'm showing you, I have way more, trust me. You would have rocked homeschooling, I just want to say, because I remember seeing at the beginning of COVID, all the parents posting their color-coded schedules, and everything was going to be perfect, and breakfast was going to be from, like, 8.15 to 8.25, and then they're going to log in from 8.25 to 8.40, and then it's going to be recess. I question how much that's actually happened after day two. Not me. Because you can also overschedule. Um, but yeah, a lot of people took to that and it was like, right away, I just need to like see it all color coded and scheduled and make it look pretty. And that helps people, which, which is great. I no, I'm not good at that. Actually. I'm not good at like the organization thing. I'm good at like getting pens, setting up your area. Cute. I mean, I could see Casey being like, okay, your schedule is you better be up at six 30. We're up, we're up, we're up arms up, put your socks on by six Oh seven. Let's do this. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, it's actually, yeah. It's also similar to like getting our kids to wear masks. Like if they have to look pretty and they have to be cool, they have to be comfortable. And if they're not any of those things, then they're less likely to wear them. So similar to like, if you're, if you set up your situation, so studying is enjoyable, you're more likely to study. I have to yeah. say, I tried the whole token thing um, with, and I, the I use token thing. the whole it's token thing. thing. It's it really a thing, thing, right? Is it called token economy system? Is that what it's called? Oh my God. I've never yeah. heard of that. 
Um, you know, I did that. And the first few days with my daughter at work, you know, there's this principle called satiation and deprivation. And, you know, I said, okay, great. You know, what do you want to work for? You want to, let's get a new LOL doll, which she's really into right now. So let's finish this, this, and this. And after, you know, a week, then we can go out, we can get an L, not go out, sorry, we can order online an LOL doll because we couldn't go out at the time. And um, then Auntie Kathy came over. I love Auntie Kathy to death. And she's been my savior through this because she's been part of our bubble from day one. But what does she bring with her on day two? Hmm. LOL. 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 I knew it. <laughs> so, you know, the say she, like, my, my daughter gets whatever she wants, not from me, but from other people. Um, and, and that's great. I love the fact that they're all pairing themselves with reinforcement. Um, but it, the token system didn't work. So we really did have to go to schedules, pre-Mac principle, first then, et cetera. Um, Casey, just shifting gears a sec, you talked about something else. You talked about expectations of learning, et cetera. But think about expectations of just the new society, right? So pre-COVID, we could give people hugs. We could, you know, chat with people. You know, you can sit side by side. Sheer and I are sitting side by side right now. And oh my goodness, is that allowed? It's allowed here. We're in Canada. The counts are really low. It's not allowed in every single state. It's not. Um, so, so what is that expectation? And that was really difficult to learn myself. And it was also really difficult to watch my daughter who doesn't struggle, so struggle socially to go through that as well. And that's yeah. a lot of discrimination training, right? Like, yeah, especially since it keeps changing, like throughout these months, like whatever they, however they operationally define the behaviors that we're supposed to engage in, keep changing or the behaviors that we're not supposed to engage in. So we were allowed to go without masks, we're not allowed, we were allowed to touch people, then we're not allowed. And so they have to kind of figure out what their operational definition was so that we could shape our kids behavior. Um, but that still keeps changing. So those approximations keep changing. Yeah, I see a lot of um, modeling and imitation happening. Like, for even just my husband and I, we went to Acadia to go hiking. And um, we, we we knew we had to wear our masks um, in any type of establishment. And we were doing that fine. We were sitting at this uh, little patio overlooking the town and we we're looking out and I'm like, every single person on the sidewalk has their masks on, like outside. And so like this unplanned model, right? Now I'm like looking around. Okay. All right. So I'm going to follow suit right now. I realize, okay, maybe Matt, I'm like, is there a town ordinance? What do we do? We're looking it up. We can't find anything. So we just start engaging in that behavior of wearing our masks every single step of the way. We never took it off until we got seated at our table. Um, which felt a little funny because at home where I live, you just wear it right when you walk in. You don't have to wear it on the streets, right? And then we went hiking and people had them on in the trails. And so I'm like, we're outside. And then we didn't have masks. So we felt like total dirt bags. People are like avoiding us at all costs, like turning their faces. And I'm like putting in my sweater over my face. But there's just a lot of like, you don't really know what to do. So you're just kind of following suit, right? imitating some behavior that you see. And it's different with everyone you see. Some people in my family hug me. Some people won't hug me. I don't ever know what to do. So it's this awkward like dance you kind of do these days. Yeah. And there's so much new social nuance that we have to learn and our kids have to learn because without pe being able to see people's mouths or faces or um, understanding when it's okay, when it's not okay, like that's, it's really hard for them to navigate this new social environment. So what are some tips? What can we do? <laughs> All right. Uh, gosh, I just it Is that when I wave my magic wand again and make this whole yep. thing just go away? Yeah, um, yeah. I think one of the tips would really be, you know, priming. So, you know, priming our kids, priming ourselves. Um, hey, what is this all about? So Casey, you mentioned, you know, you were, you know, somewhere different and you looked up the rules on your phone to see if there was anything, you know, just looking things up and saying, okay, what do they do from state to state? Or what do they do in this environment versus that environment? You know, my daughter's school is opening next week and we're getting emails from the principal saying, this is how it's going to be. She's going to line up here and this is what's going to happen, et cetera. All that's priming. You know, uh, my daughter's gymnastics studio is opening back up and the gymnastics coach is sending videos ahead of time. And I'm having her watch those videos of the new routine. Um, so priming, absolutely. And talking to you. How do they do that? Do you What's wear that? a mask doing cartwheels? No. So it's actually really interesting. So she's got to wear a mask at drop off and parents are not even allowed into the waiting room. So it's in this plaza thing. So you, you drop off basically inside, but at the door, parents are wearing masks, kids are wearing masks, 
The kids walk into the waiting room and immediately line up to go to the washroom, wash their hands. As soon as they've washed their hands, they can take their masks off, enter the studio. And then the studio is huge. They're physically distanced from each other in the studio. So it's not, it's fine in there or seems to be. So and we have to go crazy. through the whole COVID screening. She's got to get her temperature checked and all that kind of stuff every day. But I love how the rest of the world is almost getting on board with like all of our strategies because everywhere you go, you see stimulus prompts and you see visuals and you see checklists and task analyses and examples and non-examples of how to wear a mask. So I do feel like we're heavily supported in like getting our kids to do what, what they need to do. Um, I set like alarms and reminders to like remember to fill out my kids' COVID screening, um, making sure that they all have their masks. But I also think that like modeling is huge and what we model, like, yeah, they have to imitate what's going on around them, but they'll most closely imitate what goes on in their house. And so if we model um, the appropriate behaviors, both in terms of like, you know, wearing a mask and all of that hand washing, but also like just a calm and showing them that like, it will be okay. And we got this. And even if you feel nervous as a parent, sometimes you just have to figure out other ways to express it so that your kids don't feel that. Because even if you don't say it, they'll feel it. So dealing with yourself and whether that means like taking a break, going for a walk, working out, like whatever you drugging need to yourself, also fine, you know, <laughs> wine, totally fine. Um, but really whatever you need to do to be able to support your kids because they're struggling with it too. And we want to be the calm that we want to see in them. And so I, think I have a question. Oh, okay. Sorry. Go for it. Oh, I think that's huge. Leah, you said in a previous episode something about fake it till you make it. And it's so true, right? It's like parenting is like a sales job. Um, even being, you know, an ABA director at a center, even if you're 26, you know, even if you're whatever, you fake it till you make it, right? It's a sales job. You sell to your staff, you sell to your kids that everything is gonna be okay. And as a parent, as uh, any individual, and you're you have anxiety about reopening, about you know, people going back. Back. I'm actually going to miss my daughter like crazy when I was like, oh gosh, she's home. I'm actually going to really miss her now. Um, but I'm not telling, I'm telling her a little bit that I'm going to miss her, but I'm not, you know, to the point where I don't want you to go back. I'm really nervous. Oh no, because I want her first day back to be a success. So it's, hey, everything's going to be great, blah, blah, blah. In the back of my head, I'm thinking, yeah, good luck. You'll be there for a week and COVID's going to hit. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, I'm not telling her that part. Yeah, Those are my inside yourself. thoughts. <laughs> I think there's a term for that, isn't there? <laughs> verbal behavior there. <laughs> okay. So this is my question is, so we talk about the, uh, you know, how do, you know, kind of set up these things in your home, but you guys work full-time jobs as do a lot of parents who work full-time jobs. And how, how do you go about that? Because I think you know, people are trying to keep their job, especially during this time, they need to pay the bills. And I think it's difficult for a lot of parents to be like, okay, well, I'll just stop what I do for this huge corporate company and homeschool. How have you guys personally handled, I mean, at least I'm assuming there was some time, as you guys said, that you were home um, working. What did that look like for you? And how did you guys handle that? I mean, as a parent, it's sacrifice, right? And, you know, you mentioned having a full-time job. Well, having a job also means parenting and parenting is a job. And, um, you know, you're balancing basically two full-time jobs. So you're a full-time parenting job and a full-time job. I mean, I was unfortunate, fortunate enough that I run a few ABA facilities and my ABA facilities closed. I was still, we were still virtual. I was still doing a bunch of stuff, but I was able to rearrange my schedule such that I was able to take the mornings and have the mornings for my daughter. Now I, you know, I, I wasn't the best parent. I, you know, taught, I taught her for two, maybe three hours at a time. Um, and then she was playing and pretty much neglected the rest of the day. She's old enough that, you know, <laughs> fine playing by herself. Um, other things that happened is that I shifted my day, right? So a full-time job doesn't need to be between the hours of nine to five. I mean, you guys know that you run study notes at night. Mm -hmm. I was waking up first thing in the morning. I'm a morning person. So I'm up typically around five, five thirty in the morning. And I got a ton done between five thirty and seven thirty. I probably worked harder those two hours of the day on my business stuff. So that the, that, that the morning was you know, dedicated to my daughter. And then I worked a little bit in the afternoon, but really, I think I want to keep some of those habits, right? Those two hours in the morning are huge. You get so much done. Yeah. Casey does that. 
I am not a morning person. I'm the opposite. We so. are so Liat and Casey. And <laughs> we are. Shana. She's up to like, she's texting me at like oh, yeah, one. Casey, you guys need to change your name. I think Casey, you need an L name or Liat. You need a C name. It needs to be almost the same. Lacey. I know. Like, you need to be like Lisa. So we have Lacey the first two letters. Yeah. Um, so I'm the opposite. And I found that like my day just never ended because like, it wasn't like you had a work day and you came home and then you did your family stuff. It was like just one big blur. And I would deal with my kids when they needed me, but then I might be working till like 10 o'clock at night. Um, and I was okay with that because like, it meant that like, I could take a break in the middle of the day. I could go for a walk if I needed to, I could have lunch with my kids. Like there really is a balance. It wasn't just about, you know, trading one for the other, but it was about just kind of integrating everything so that you don't have to give something up. Um, obviously work was like very accommodating because over the few months of the beginning of COVID, um, everyone was kind of figuring things out. Um, and my kids usually go to regular school from like eight to five. So they have really, really long days wow. in person. Um, and so they were able to actually get a lot more done virtually. So they were done their day so much earlier that like on a normal day, like they wouldn't watch TV. They wouldn't really have downtime, but like during COVID, they watched a lot more TV than they normally would have, which like, again, I was fine with because that meant at four o'clock their school day was done. And like my work day really started because then they were busy with their TV. <laughs> um, and I could get a lot more done. And we got into a routine that worked. Um, it wasn't easy, but like it happened. And I went back in person in the summer and my kids were still home. Um, I don't even know, like my husband, I'm really lucky he works from home also. So he's available and he was able to do a lot of like whatever my kids needed in terms of transportation and driving. And, and we just made our kids more independent. Like they've been able to just play on the street and like walk around the neighborhood, which like they never really had a chance to do. And, and it's been actually really nice for them because now they had the time to kind of explore and make friends and get to know each other and go bike riding. And they kind of, they kind of enjoyed that. I love how you said play in the streets. Like, yeah, they played in traffic. It was super cool. They learned how to do that. <laughs> I'm good with that. No, I love how I love how that. Okay. I was like, played in the streets, huh? They couldn't hear. They'd be playing in traffic. <laughs> That's great. And a lot of people, you know, so I've heard a lot of people that don't work from home and that, you know, they've had to, you know, maybe they lost their jobs. They're probably struggling with, um, you know, finding childcare. I mean, everyone's in different situations and you never know what someone else is struggling with. Every situation is different. If you have a kid with, you know, severe special needs and you don't have the therapy that you used to have, you know, you see this regression. Um, it's tough. It's been a shitty ass time for a lot of people. And it's also been some amazing times because there has been good that has come out of this. Like Shira was just saying, being able to spend more time and like being in the moment a little bit more with your kids. We were like, wow, I actually didn't know my ch my child at all because they were gone eight hours a day. Like, is this who I really raised? <laughs> yeah, no, like, it was yeah. amazing. Like I, we went at the beginning when it all started, we used to go for an hour long walk, like my whole family, like through the park. And I was like, I didn't even know this place existed. And like, I would never have spent that time with my kids. And I remember at the time thinking like, I really have to like enjoy this because it's such a unique time and it'll never happen again. But that being said, like in my work life, I've been dealing with families who don't have it easy and like they really were struggling and like dealing with a kid who you don't always enjoy spending so much time with them and they really have needs that you can't, you know, fulfill. Um, I can acknowledge that it's really hard for some parents and the choices that they have to make in terms of going back in person when they are compromised either medically or behaviorally and having to make those decisions of like, well, I can't tolerate having them home anymore. So I'm just going to have to risk it. Like that's really hard for a parent. So I just want to acknowledge that like, it's not easy. Um, and you know, I did see parents just really having a hard time. Yeah. I think BCBAs are going to be, yeah, that risk benefit. But I think BCBAs who are parents, especially, are going to go in with a different angle of compassion, as you said earlier, Shira, and understanding, you know, because I have a brother with autism, I remember, uh, like, it was always more sensitive to me when, you know, going into a home and being like, okay, do this, this, and this, and this, then take data on this, and I need you to do DRA on this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, come on, dude, no one's actually going to do it, right? We need that exactly. pragmatic approach. Um, but I think now more than ever, people are going to realize like how, you know, have that compassion um, for these parents, especially parents who are dealing with um, kids with special needs or, 
you know? I mean, because even if your kid doesn't have special needs, I think a lot of parents have realized it is draining. I really hope so. I think if there's anything we need more of as a field, it's compassion. So if we can learn anything from this, it's, you know, as a parent, as a professional, like it's that. I agree. I love this. This was great. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you guys, Lacey. We had a great time. Thank you guys so much. It was really fun. <laughs> no, I'm still that. Liat. That's Lacey. Casey's Lacey. Oh, no, I thought it was Lacey, Lacey together. Like, you're you know, duo. the Rachel Ross thing, wasn't it? No, that? Lacey. Kind of like Brad, Brangelina, like Brad and Angelina. Yeah. Oh, Lacey. I like that. I like it too. You know, I've never come up with that yet. No. no. I'm so many firsts for you guys. <laughs> you are. She was our first spot. They were our first sponsor. They're our first our double first guest. Duo. I love this. You guys are awesome. Wow. Thank you for all your advice and um, just everything that you talked about today is super helpful. I'm sure it's going to help a lot of listeners. And we enjoyed just sitting here chatting with you guys. I really recommend after hearing Shira and Shayna that you guys go check out how to aba.com it's spelled exactly how it sounds and i on their website you could even join the how to aba free resources membership and if you like it you could sign up it's very affordable it's amazing and as we know i mean through study notes aba through behavior bitches i think this field does need more of a community and support and this is what they offer so go check it out. Again, thank you guys so, so, so much for coming on. Thank we you. I really guys enjoyed it. This was so fun. Thank you. This was great. And Shane, I need to give you a compliment. I could see that you are the Casey. You really listen to every single thing that's been said. Like throughout it, you literally quoted like different episodes. That means that you're a real fan and you listen. And I'm you didn't just really think, is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, Shira, you're me. You're like, you you rely on the other person to give you the information. Like I'll have Casey listen. I don't know if you're like that or not, but I'll have Casey listen to episodes or read an article. And I'm like, okay, so tell me what I need to know. Oh my Are you God. like that or not? <laughs> I take Shana with me on workshops. I can't go myself to conferences. I, without Shane, I wouldn't listen to anything. And she writes all the notes and sends them to me. And they're amazing. Literally, Literally. Texava last year, Casey came to Texava and I started writing notes. I had pretty pens and stuff. And then eventually I'm like, okay, Casey, here's my notebook. You take the notes. <laughs> okay, we so can talk about it. We're starting something. <laughs> we're yeah. the conferences without us. And just yeah, you and I. Me, yeah. It's so funny. We were still like that. We're like anything like um, new out or journal articles or see like anything. Or looking up our guests for the show. Like I kind of like roll with things. Casey's like, oh, I already know what they feed their dog. I already know what kind of toilet paper they use. I already know exactly about them. Like blah, 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 blah. I've already stocked them. They have three kids. They do this. They love strawberry yogurt. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> um, and I've read all their research. Mm -hmm. um, but that's why it works, right? So mm -hmm. we find each other. It's it's that's why it works, Casey. It sounds like I love you already. Yes, um, I love you. <laughs> I, I, you. I love you. Mean it. Um, but uh, you know, it's uh, like that's why it works, though, because you know it's the yin and the yang. You can't have two Casey's. You can't have two Liats. You can't have two no, Shiras. So two Shanas. You know, it's exactly. It's so. Are you true. a control freak, Shana? Oh, how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> Is Casey is. It's not called control proof. It's okay. called manipulating antecedent arrangements. Oh, I love that. I'm going to use that. You guys need to change numbers and like Casey yes. likes everything to be spot on, organized. And I'm more like, oh, okay, we'll roll with it. We'll make it work. Yeah, I couldn't organize blah, 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 blah. it. Depended on it. Well, yeah, Wait, this is so cool. Like that just shows that this dynamic works. So yeah. really now we've kind of operationally defined um, the Liat to the Casey, the Shira to the Shana. So everyone, if you find yourself relating more to me, go find yourself someone like Casey. <laughs> more like Shana, go find yourself a Shira. Or you find more like Casey, go find a Liat. I mean, that's how it works. You know, you got to have someone who's a little more lives on the edge and then someone who's going to like be detail oriented like Casey or Shana. So reel it in, reel it in. That's what I have to do a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my mind's crazy. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much, guys. Thanks for tuning in. You guys know where to find us. You can find us at behaviorbitches.com. You can find us uh, on Instagram at behaviorbitchespodcast. You can find us on Facebook at behaviorbitchespodcast. 
All right, I'm gonna give you guys the privilege, since you guys connect and you guys are yin and yang, to close off the show. Take it away. As always, love you. Mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat here. And I just wanted to take the time for just a single second of your time and tell you about something awesome. As you know, Casey and I are super into this podcast thing going on here and getting it started. And I just wanted to let you know that there's an easy way to get it done. And that is what I'm gonna tell you right now about Pretty Easy Podcast. Thank God we got in touch with a team at Pretty Easy Podcast. They help you do everything from start to finish. They will get your show up there. They will record the episode for you. They will produce it. They will add bleeps in if you're full of F-bombs like myself. Whatever it is that you need, they will do it. When you first said you wanted to start a podcast, I was like, okay, we can do that. We have no idea what we're doing. I never really thought it would get off ground until we met Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast, and he put all my fears to rest. He helped us get everything going from all of our audio editing and production and our song that we have, which is amazing, by the way. We're allowed to record from our own homes. He helps us with our guests. Um, He caters to our schedule. Come on, Leah. We are the worst with scheduling. I mean, I know. We said we're going to have a podcast a week. So far, we're out a few days. But hey, he works with us. That's what we need. But the point is, we were looking at how (laughs) we could download all these different programs to try learn how to do all this podcasting stuff. But truth is, it's affordable. It's much easier to have someone do it for you. You could go to prettyeasypodcast.com and you could get started today. I say go. I say if you want to be heard, if you have something to say, like we do, we love the sound of our own voices. And we found Alan who lets our voices shine. So thank you, Alan, at prettyeasypodcast.com. Podcast.com.